And now, a word from our sponsors. Summertime is here, and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at MythMart.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Or travel with poet Christopher Bice as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Ren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books? We got them too! Hot Off the Press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for $4.99. Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only $2.99. Also just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only $33.99. Or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Bickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at MythMart.com. For more information, go to www.MythMart.com. Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at MythMart.com. Yeah, I remember Quinn and his family. It was uh, 2220. You know, life was a depressing dead in existence thanks to the aftermath of global warming. The only thing they had to look forward to was a mandatory 40-year lifespan, at which point they'd be unceremoniously put to death and turned into compost. But only if they lived that long. You know, then one day, Quinn made a fateful decision, and, you know, there were disastrous consequences. Consequences that forced Quinn and his wife and their son and their friend, to flee the confines of the city in search of a different life. They were searching for something better. Their hopes lie in the distant snow-capped mountains, but to get there they had to cross that dreaded no-man's land, all while being chased by the World Order Security Police who had orders to shoot to kill, and their food and water was running short. Could they make it to reach their new lives? Read their inspiring story to find out in Jim Bates' Something Better, now available in paperback and ebook. For more information, go to www.mythmart.com. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefare, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Massari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, 
when the sun goes down. Enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Talkie Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kitties and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. And welcome to the Grindhouse Sleaze Podcast. I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Alan Russo. That's right, kids. It has been two years since Al and I have set down... Well, shit, we talk all the time, but we haven't podcasted in almost two years. Yeah, it's been about that. Yeah, I guess it's been about that long. Um, I'm going to look at the screen. Uh, we're, all do- we're actually doing a video chat, but... Um, there's like a, a half a second delay. So when you talk, <laughs> it's it's kind of throwing me off. I'm like, uh, it, uh, it, ooh, ah. so <laughs> yeah, you, you got to hate those delays. Yeah. And remember when we first, okay, for the listeners, because we've, we've only done what? Three podcasts total. We did like no, we did four. This is our fourth podcast because we did. Yeah, uh, this will be our fourth. We did a C in red. We did um, the very first episode with S eighty Burbank. I was just listening to that the other day, actually. <laughs> um, of what we think, and then we did two of Who's the Boss when we were talked about body bag and and and. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's when I was actually. That's actually when I was out there. What five years ago. God, it's been that long. We talked about yeah. Back, back then, it was called Smash. I'm using air quotes here, kids, um, because some jerk off went and stole the copyright from me. So now it's called American Smash, uh, which is a comic <laughs> book that we just we we produced back in 2000. Um, so a little bit of highlight for everybody that doesn't know us. Uh, I'm David K. Montoya, and I'm Alan Russo. And we've been friends since what March two thousand. Um, we've right at it, yeah. We were. It's seeing, been. We were both CNAs at uh, Heather, yeah, Hillcrest in Prescott, Arkansas. Uh, that's what I was going to say. His uh, <laughs> his accent is uh, from the south. He lives in Arkansas. Where do you live now? Do you live in Hope or do you live? No, I live uh, in Nashville, Arkansas. Um, so he's, he's more, he's more, uh, suburban Arkansas. Yeah, I guess you would say that, you know, getting used to the country life, you know, growing up in Florida, but you know, I, <laughs> I was getting there. I was getting there. Um, and we had both 
well, he's from Florida. I'm from California. Uh, and somehow we both end up in Arkansas at the same time. Um, and we worked probably one of the shittiest jobs. And that is not a pun. I'm, I'm legitimately one of the shittiest jobs uh, that a person could have as a certified nursing assistant. Or um, what is that called? What was the nickname? Do you remember? Oh, shit. I don't even remember. Cleaning, cleaning nasty asses, CNAs, cleaning yeah. nasty asses, and, that's it. and we were there, and it was kind of a, a humdrum job, and to pass. The place was a shithole. I was, I was trying to be nice, um, and to pass the time. Other than the fact that you were what twenty, nineteen, twenty. Yeah, I was uh, nineteen. And so that means I was 20, 22, roughly. Well, be, yeah, I was... Tw- you were almost 22. I was almost 22. And we're both yeah. young. We're both non-Arkansans. Uh, so, and we're both dudes. So we just started talking movies and became friends. So Actually, it started off we were talking wrestling. Was it really? Yeah, we started talking off about wrestling. And then it went into movies and comic books and... Yeah, that's kind of when we hit it off when we started talking about movies and comic books. But it started off when we were talking about wrestling. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm. I was trying to think because I had. Uh, I think I was just getting back into wrestling. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and then uh, you, we started talking movies, and then then somewhere along the line, we're like, oh, we're both writers. Let's write. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've written. Uh, a movie script together. We've written several comic book scripts together, and we've worked together on various different projects. And even though, oh uh, yeah, I mean, we've done we've done podcasts, we've done editing, we've done books. <laughs> I mean, we've done it all <laughs> for reals. And at the same time, remaining the distance of like 1,400 miles apart. That's the trick, kids. Yep. Yep. It is exactly 24 and a half hours from my house to your house. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so well, yeah. you got to remember, I did that. I did that drive. <laughs> you did. When Lacey passed away, you know, uh, we made that drive out there. For the people that don't know us, or well, yeah, I mean, there's a po- probability that there's there's this is a new show. We've been gone for two years, so we're going to be hitting new people. Yeah. Um, I was married for almost 21 years. Uh, my wife passed away almost three years ago uh, from complications of having our third child. Uh, I live in a, a, a well, I was going to say small. I guess California standard, it's considered small, even though it's like. 300,000 people now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, for California standards, it's small. Yeah, so Russo... Arkansas said it's freaking huge. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Russo and his wife, Ronica, uh, they they trek from uh, Arkansas all the way to California when they found out the, the bad news. And came and visited, uh, well, us, I say me and my, my three kids, us. Um, and so, it, and he knows for a fact it takes 24 and a half hours from where he lives to where I live. <laughs> um, before we get into the show, since we're like already almost 10 minutes into it, 
Um, what happened to your head? Uh, I noticed you you got a. Oh, uh, oh, shit! I don't even know. Rabbit's wearing a hat all the time at work, so. Gotcha. Just sweating. Yeah. Yep. I wear a hat now too because my hair is getting thinner and thinner. <laughs> I refuse. Mine to is shave. too, so I don't feel bad. I refuse to shave, even if it's Jesse Ventura style, you know, where he literally has like the U in the back of his head with a little ponytail. Yeah, I, will, I mean, you know, I will rock that bitch. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not shaving. I, I don't think he would look good in a comb over. So you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, kids. So what we do is we decided that uh, every week we're gonna watch a movie. Um, I. I set up a uh, specific Amazon Prime for Russo and I to watch. We'll decide on what kind of Grindhouse movie uh, we want to watch. Um, and then we'll talk about it. Though, we were originally we were going to talk about Phantasm because we both have Phantasm. Um, Russo got to see Tusk. Right? Tusk? Yeah. For okay. the first, yeah, Tusk for the first time. Um, it, I've been meaning to watch it. It's just, you know, with work and everything like that, it's hard to watch. So it was on Netflix, and I said, eh, why the hell not? Did you watch Yoga Hosers too? Or no? No, I didn't get a chance to watch Yoga Hosers. Homework. Well, let's call it homework. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, if anybody knows me, knows that I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And while that is my on my bucket list of people to meet, which... Fortunately, I out of the Trinity, I and the Trinity is Stan Lee, Chris Claremont, and Kevin Smith. I've met Chris Claremont and Stan Lee. Kevin Smith is the only one who's eluded me. And well, that's because you were both afraid to knock on his front door. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get there. I, I'm getting there. Um, but he's he's uh, my favorite um, podcaster, my favorite director, and. Russo, and a lot of people don't realize this or even know this, that know me personally, Russo is the direct uh, reason why I like Kevin Smith. I didn't know who Kevin Smith was until I met Alan Russo. Well, you know, I mean, you know, I've got good taste in movies. What do you expect? I've got good taste in directors. It was, originally it was, okay, we were watching Scream. And um, they're standing in line, and uh, we were watching. Uh, no, no, no! Get it right. We were watching Scream Two. Okay, Scream Two. And uh, <laughs> Jason Mewes looks at Courtney Cox and goes, "Hey, it's Connie fucking Chung." And then she's like, "No, fuck you!" and flips him off. And Russo's dying. He's like, "I love Jane Silent Bob." I'm like, "Who's Jane Who? Silent Bob?" Yeah. And he's like. <laughs> Oh, dude, I don't know if we can be friends now. <laughs> so, what was it? What was the movie that you had, the Kevin Smith movie? I don't remember. Um, I don't think it was Clerks. I think it was... Was it Mallrats? No. I think it was Mallrats. Because Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back hadn't come out yet. Because we went and saw that together, too. Yeah. And um... So, it was either Mallrats or Dogma. I don't remember which. Which are both great movies to start, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're going to start with Kevin Smith, I mean, you know, you've got to start with either Mallrats, Dogma, 
Clerks, if you're feeling nostalgic. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, those, those two especially. But, now, if you want to get into his later movies, I would say Clerks 2 or Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. You know, those are good introductory movies. But, I mean, truthfully, if you're going to get into – and Chasing Amy was pretty good for the day. Yeah. It's kind of dated now, but yeah. It is. It's, it's really dated going back and watching it. Well, so is Marats when you go back and watch it. I mean, think about it. Nobody really goes to the mall anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. I mean, everybody does their shopping online, so why go to the mall? So, I mean, you know, but at the time, you know, you're talking late 90s, early 2000s. You couldn't go wrong with mall rats or dogma. Did you know, and we'll, we'll get, we'll go back to Tusk because that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. But did you know that he is, he's shooting this year because everybody's doing reboots? Yeah, he's doing the reboot for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, and I'm like, that, that's going to be classic. Yep, and he's also, from what I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, he's also in the works of doing Clerks 3. Um, I'm friends with Marilyn Gigliotti, Veronica, and yeah. um, she said that they're, um, the guy who plays Randall, I can't think of his real uh, name. Yeah. I can't think Jeff, of his real name either. Not Jeff Anderson. Yeah, but yeah. He doesn't want to do it. And without him, they can't do three. So he's holding up production. Everybody else is ready. Even yeah. I even heard Batfleck was in. and um, But for some reason, he just he doesn't want to do it. Which is kind of <laughs> weird because, you know, right now, it's like, Clerks is at its apex in popularity. So, oh, yeah. So you're going to get you know a shit ton of money. I mean, right now, they just released Clerks, <clears throat> the original Clerks on Netflix, like not even two weeks ago. I mean, they released Tusk. You know, Yoga Hoser's been out for a while. But, I mean, you know, you look up Kevin Smith, and, I mean, there's a few out there on net, just on Netflix. Right. And a lot of them were just released. And, I mean, now's the time. If you're going to do it, now's the time because everybody's getting into Kevin Smith. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, even our age that didn't know who Kevin Smith was until five years ago. You know, it's, it's the whole – and I'm not going to go on a tirade because this isn't the place to do it. But there's – the poser nerds, which really annoy the shit out of me. Um, there's this one guy, he was showing off, and this is not a joke. He was showing off his, his new Marvel tattoo, and it says Marvel, right? And inside of it yeah. had uh, it had Captain America, Black Widow, Batman, Superman, and Iron Man. What the crap? And it's a tattoo, and it said Marvel. I'm like, you're a, a fucking poser. If there's a poser to be a poser, you're a fucking poser. Exactly, because, I mean, everybody knows that Batman and Superman do not belong to Marvel. That's like their marquee in DC. But, yeah. Exactly. And, I mean, it looks great. Oops, I forgot to turn off my notifications. Sorry about that. <laughs> I don't. You probably didn't hear the ding, but the, the listeners did. Nope. Um, 
but yeah, so just everybody and and Russo knows this, you know, because back when we were kids and um you have a birthday coming up. How are you going to be? 38. 38. I'm going to be 41. Oh, I am 41. I'll be 42. You are 41. You're three, you're three years older than I am, douchebag. Uh, but when we were kids, you you if you were called a nerd or you called somebody a nerd, those were fighting words. Get ready to oh, yeah. to fight. But now it's it's like a prestigious title. Oh, you're a nerd. You know, which still didn't quite, you know, set well with no. me. But it, the term nerd is stupid. I mean, it really is. I mean, just because you're smart doesn't mean you're a nerd. That's just because true. you're into comic books doesn't mean you're a nerd. Just because you're into, you know, comic book movies doesn't mean you're a geek. I mean, it, it's a term that's so dumb that it's ridiculous. Uh, the term nerd traditionally meant somebody that was book smart, straight A student, glasses, the pocket protector. Socially awkward. Yeah, socially awkward with the bow tie and, you know, looked like he was going to a freaking, I don't know, MIT convention. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, now it's just exceptionally sociable to call somebody a nerd just because they're into comic books. Yeah. And which is kind of interesting because you and I were just discussing this not too long ago is I always said I was a comic book nerd, but in hindsight... That's not really true. No, we were comic book fans. Yeah. You know, I, I think fan is more of an appropriate term than nerd. I mean, but that that's all these millennials think in that, you know, nerd's a great term. It has nothing to do with the simple fact of what a nerd actually is. You know, the nerd was just a word to make fun of somebody. Now, you know, they use the, you know, what's up, nerd? I, you know, it's like a term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking this this one chick popped into my head, and she's like, yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm like, bitch, you were a cheerleader. You were not a nerd. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I liked Indiana Jones. I'm like, bitch, you were a cheerleader. You weren't a nerd. And Indiana Jones, just because it was created by the same guy who created Star Wars, doesn't make you a nerd. Nope. So I mean, when you can actually when you can actually tell somebody who shot first, Han or Guido, then you're a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. So anyway, <laughs> going back to where my original direction was is that everybody's a nerd, and everybody wants to clamor to the popular nerdist. Yes, I said nerdist. Um, direction or or. You know the the fad, the nerd fad, and um, one of the things that if you like comic books, if you like fiction, science fiction, if you like stone humor, stoner humor, you know, if you like '90s humor, '90s movies, independent movies, Kevin Smith is the one. He he's the forerunner, and so because he is essentially the guy who brought it all to mainstream. He's well known now, and everybody loves Kevin Smith. Of course, I mean, you know, when Clark's came out in the mid '90s or early '90s, I guess now, or it was about '92, '93. '94. When it first came out, okay, that was close. 
But, you know, when it came out, that was the epitome of, oh my god, my life and my job suck. Uh-huh. That was the whole point of the movie. He wasn't supposed to be at the store that day. You know, it was based on Kevin Smith's actual life at the convenience store that he actually worked at. Right. That's where it was filmed. Yeah. You know, and the whole point was he was tired of doing the same old mundane bullshit day in, day out, and he wanted to make a movie about it. Maxed out his credit cards to do it. And now, you know, it's movie history. Yep. Especially if you're a Kevin Smith fan. I wouldn't mind getting my hands on $27,000. I could make some things happen. Oh, yeah. I could make a few things happen with $27,000. I mean, creatively. Oh, yeah, I can too. That or you could go I mean, and just take it all and go down to Vegas and get a really expensive whore. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, you know, trip, quick trip to the Bunny Ranch, you know. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, so everybody is is clamoring to see Kevin Smith movies, and if you haven't seen a Kevin Smith movie, this this is one of those rare movies because normally he, like I said earlier, he creates um, stoner comedies. That's what he's known for. But he decided to go and do a grindhouse hammer horror film, and it came out in two thousand. 14 or 15? Uh, 14, I believe. Was it 14? Um, and it's called Tusk. Now, do you have uh, like internet handy or anything? No, not handy. Damn. Okay. Um, Zoe, my middle daughter, dropped my iPad Pro, and so I don't have an iPad. And we're actually <laughs> we're talking on um, FaceTime, so I can't use my phone. I was just gonna say, you know, as far as like, um, you know, finding out when it came out, because like uh, I know Michael Parks, you know, he played uh, Mr. Tusk, and yeah. Justin Long, who was in uh, Live Free Die Hard. And he was the Apple in the Apple commercial in the early part of you know the two thousand early to mid two thousands he was Apple, and um, he plays um, oh fuck what's his name? Well he's the, oh crap he's the dude that actually he's he the plays podcast Wallace Wallace yes, um, and he becomes uh, the Walrus and then uh, Haley Joe Osmond from Six Sense. What did you think about that? He he made his that was a, that was an interesting twist. I mean, he made it. His character was a great character. I'll I'll give him that. You know, he played a great part. You know, and he he's still a really good actor, even though he's not a kid anymore. You know, as an adult actor, he's really good still. Yeah, I like the fact that they they proclaim it to be you know his best friend, but he's he's still sleeping with his best friend's girlfriend. You know. Yeah. That, that's some that's some devious Hollywood that's, shit right there. Oh well, yeah, but you know his best friend's also sleeping around on his girlfriend. So I mean, you know, that's totally true. fair. That's true. <laughs> Wallace was a douche. I mean, like class action. You know, he even had the douche mustache. Yeah, he did. That seventies porn star mustache. Yeah. 
Um, let's see who else was there. Um, Jennifer. Had Johnny Rod- Depp. Yes, Johnny Depp was Guy Le Point. Um, and I don't the know. Inspector. If, did you notice that in the credits, it it said Guy Le Point as Guy Le Point. It didn't say Johnny. Yeah. Depp. And yep. the reason they said that is because um, it would have affected his um, his uh, oh shit what is it the guild the actors guild right um, it would have affected his status because I guess he did it for free so he literally you know since he didn't get no um, no credit for it, it it never happened and it didn't affect his his acting status. Who cares? <laughs> He's a great actor, regardless. It, he 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 did a really good job. I enjoyed it thoroughly. He really did. I mean, now, yeah, you could tell. You could tell it was Johnny Depp, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you could tell he's trying to get in that comedic type stage, not his normal self. I guess you know, it, it was more like a Jack Sparrow type goofy character versus the normal stuff that he plays right um yeah when he was trying to do that that uh dramatic uh delivery while they were at the uh, the geely glider um fast food restaurant and he's like squishing his hamburgers and shit i'm just like yeah you can't you can't deliver a serious (laughs) line like that doing something stupid like that it was just it was very it was fun Oh, yeah, it was. And, I mean, you know, his daughter was in the movie, too. And that's where uh, Yoga Hosers comes in. Because um, yeah. the Colleen's, and the both of them's name were Colleen in the, you know, in Tusk. He made an entire movie based on them. And it, right. it follows, like, five years after Tusk or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, I haven't seen, you know, Yoga Hosers yet, but, I mean... When you got, you know, Kevin Smith's daughter, Johnny Depp's daughter, I mean, come on. <laughs> you can tell he likes using family and friends. Yes. You can, I mean, that that's true. I mean, even his wife was the waitress at the slider place. Yes. <laughs> what, did so, you, what did you think about the Nazi party? That was interesting. That was an interesting twist on, you know... Because, I mean, it, it threw everybody off. Right. You know, and and I think that's what that's what was kind of interesting about it, because when you actually look at, like, the, you know, Haley Joel Osment sleeping with Justin Long's girlfriend, he's not seeing this either. That's true, yeah. You know, so that kind of made sense to call it the Nazi party, because nobody's seeing what's going on in the background. Well, nobody, you know, nobody's paying attention. Well, that and I was about to say too, and you, you just kind of covered it. Is it wasn't Nazi N A Z I? It's not N O T hyphen C S E E Nazi party. <laughs> and that was that was just a pretty interesting. It was kind of when they first said it, it was kind of an interesting foreshadow of the events to come throughout the rest of the movie. You know, I mean. It was, I guess, because I guess what I'm saying is, like, when you think about it, nobody is seeing what's going on behind closed doors all the way around. Right, right. 
what did you think about uh, okay do, do you have a, a specific favorite scene and I'll, I'll tell you mine in a minute uh I don't really know. I mean, there's not. I don't think there's really like a favorite. Um, when Michael Long and uh, Michael Long, Michael Parks and Justin Long, they're sitting at the dinner table, and he loses his leg and he's sitting at, in a wheelchair, and Justin Long's asking about the, the spider, and uh, he he keeps asking Michael Parks, and Michael Parks with a, a kind of a stupid look. You mean he goes. You mean the arachnoid assailant? And uh, <laughs> Justin Long was like, "Yeah, you know, tell me about it." And he goes, "Well, I guess you could, you could call it itsy." And then he goes, "You know, itsy bitsy." You know that? Oh my god, that was so creepy. That was my favorite part in the whole movie. That actually was pretty creepy. I mean, you know, and the fact that out of any spider in the world that they could have used, he used a. He said a brown recluse. Yeah. You know, and that should have tipped off Justin Long from the get-go because brown recluses are only in the southern U.S. We know (laughs) They're not even in... Yeah, I mean, they have to have a warm climate. They can't... They don't... You can't find them in, like, you know, New Jersey and New York and up there because it's too cold. Right. You know, so that was that should have been his tip off that something's not right here. So but what I think when he did the itsy bitsy spider bit, I think that's when he realized that something was not right. Well, yeah, because then he started screaming. He's like, "Ow, ow!" And then, and then yeah. uh, Michael Parks, you know, that that was creepy too. Yep. That was I very I enjoyed it. I really did. In in my opinion, I think they should have like. And I guess it's just, you know, from creative way of thinking that the transition from Justin Long to Mr. Tusk uh-huh. should have been expanded just a little bit. Because, I mean, you kind of know it's going to happen, but, I mean, dead, dead center of the movie is when the first time you see him as Mr. Tusk. And that shit was disturbing. It really was. But, I mean, the thing was, in my opinion, you know, they should have, you know, extended it a little bit longer, maybe another 10 or 15 minutes. Because uh-huh. you still had 45 minutes left of the movie when you realize what happens to him. And I and there's a couple things that kind of just kind of wait. They fall flat. Just because you, have so, because you have so much room, you know, in that last 45 minutes that some of that stuff falls completely flat. And, like, okay, I guess certain scenes, you know, when he, Mr. Tusk and Wally are, I mean, Mr. Tusk and Alan Parsons are, you know, doing their thing, you know, he's trying to get him to fight and trying to get him to swim and all that. Some of that just falls flat because once you realize that's what's going on, uh-huh. it's kind of like, well, crap. That's not even, you know, there's no scare tactic to it. You know, you're like... There's no point Now what's he going to do to him? Yeah, it's like, now what is he going to do to him? You know? And and I think that's what it is, is like, you get to that point where it's like, okay, now that we know he's Mr. Tusk, now it's just kind of like, now what's he going to do? You know, that 
tactic falls flat. I I do agree with you. I I think that the you know um, he showed his cards too early. I I do agree with you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because like, and you made a good point with the you know trying to get him to swim and get him to eat the fish and all that. Um, that really wasn't. I mean that 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 was kind of chaffa. Yeah. And I mean, you know, now if you would have, now if you could have extended it, you know, a little bit more with the time frame of when he turns him into Mister Tusk, I think it would have been better. Instead of just one minute he's got no leg, he's sitting there talking to him. Next minute he's Mister Tusk. Yeah, you it, know, it would have been more dramatic if, like, every day he was waking up with a missing limb. You know, right. Or, you know, an extension that's not supposed to be there or something, you right. know, you know, kind of give the fans like, oh, crap, you know, what's he doing to him? You know, instead of like, OK, now he's not got a leg he to spend about five minutes in the operating room kind of thing. And then, boom, now he's Mr. T it's like, OK, you just ruined, you know, the climax, I guess. Yeah. You know, because you put your climax in the dead center of the movie instead of building up to a better climax. Yeah, because, like, I actually wanted, um, oh, what what was, um, oh, shoot. Um, Wallace was was the guy, Justin Long. Um, yeah. Haley Joel Osment's character, I can't think of it. Ah, crap, I can't think of it either. Um, hold on real fast here. It just so happens I have Tusk right here. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see if it says. Uh, let's see. From writer-director Kevin Smith comes a wacky, funny modern-day monster movie that will hold you in terror. As it keeps you in stitches, a podcaster, Dustin Long, looks for a juicy story as he plunges into the blood-curdling nightmare after he travels to the backwoods of Canada and meets an eccentric recluse, Michael Parks. Uh, it doesn't say. Well, that's the that's kind of sad. But anyway, um, I was hoping that Haley Joel uh, Osmond would shoot Wallace at the end because he had the shotgun. You know when they they busted in. I no, that was Johnny Depp to have shotgun. Was it? Okay. Yes. It's been it's been a while since I watched it. Um, I think to me, it would have been more humane to kill him than to make him right. live as a walrus. Right. Well, I think what it was is they were hoping that he would get his humanity back. You know. Yeah. But the thing was, it's like he lost it too quick. In my opinion, it was like once he became Mr. Tusk, you know, it was like he couldn't speak anymore. And it's like, okay, that just kind of ruins that a little bit. Right. So that disconnect, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few things that could have changed. I mean, it was a good movie overall, but there's a few minor things that could have been changed. What would you have done differently? I probably, instead of extending the ending. Uh-huh. Probably would I probably would have you know just shot him and been done with it. I would have you know done that at least because I mean that's what it looked like it was pointing to, and then it says one year later. Yeah, and it's like, well, crap. 
I mean, and I would have extended um, him becoming, you know, Justin Long's character, Wallace, becoming Mr. Tusk. I mean, but you kind of you kind of have that foreshadow because his name's Wallace. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, you know, you get that foreshadow right from the beginning. The only thing that I really, I personally would have wanted would have been um, more of a backstory. I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed more of a backstory. It was just, I don't know, it was too, too brisk. Yeah. You know. It, it, it was. I mean, you know, there, there was... There was really not a whole big, huge backstory. I mean, you, you know why he goes to Canada, but once he meets, you know, Parks, it's like, okay, you know, Parks doesn't really have a backstory. I mean, he does, but he doesn't. Right. You know, it's kind of like, he doesn't, you know, he just kind of explains that, you know, when I, with the shipwreck, and then he, that's when he met him, and that that's pretty much the end of it, you know. But why does he want to think that man can be a walrus? You know, why does he think that? And that's never really explained. Yeah, what's his drive? What's his purpose? Right. You know, I mean, and you know, is it just because you know he was real good friends with Mister Tusk on the island, or what? You know, I mean, and that just broke his mind, or you know, what's the deal? <laughs> right. Right. And like. Yeah, because, I mean, okay, and this is that I'm kind of thinking about it more. That It's kind of like writing 101, actually, is you you develop, okay, you develop your protagonist and your antagonist, but part of it is you have to have a connection to your protagonist. Why do you like this protagonist? Or right. is it... Why do you hate... Yeah, or is it an anti-protagonist... You know, is he a douchebag? And when he gets turned into Tusk or Mister Tusk, you know, you're cheering. You have to build that foundation. Same thing with the 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 antagonist. Why do you hate him, or do you kind of sympathize with him because he's a crazy fucker? You know, those right. things were kind of missed. Uh, to a point, they were missed. I mean, you know, you, you kind of get that point where it's like, okay, you know, he's a womanizer. He doesn't treat his woman well. You know, crap like that. So he kind of deserved what he got. And I think that was kind of the whole point. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you know, with her and Haley Joel Osment's character, it's like, why do you even care? If you're sleeping with his woman and she's sleeping with you, why could you, you could care less about this dude. Right. I mean, he's a douchebag. You know, why are you even going after him? He's just a douchebag. The, I mean, they could have left it at that. The only reason, and it was never, you know, explained. It was just me filling in the blanks. Is he was the paycheck? You know, he's the guy that ran the podcast, and that's how you know because he was saying what he made X amount of thousands of dollars a year on advertising right. and the podcast and all that shit. So obviously, you know, the partner's getting his cut, and because Wallace is missing, he's thinking, "Well, fuck," you know, my. My free ride, you know, my easy money is missing. Let's go find this guy before I have to go find a real job. That's That was totally just my interpretation. And it could be. I mean, you know, and then plus his girlfriend, too, you know, it was the same thing with kind of with her. You know, it's like, well, he's got all his money, so, you know, hey, why not? Because without him, 
you know, doing goes all off and doing his thing. I can't sleep with him. You know, she could still sleep with Haley Joel Osment's character, but yet, you know, he's going to be this bum because he don't have a job anymore. You know, he's losing his. So I mean, you, you got a point. And see, and that's kind of like when they were in the beginning, or well, it was before the the transition. He was thinking, but nor was it. I think he'd already lost a limb, and he was just thinking back on it. Was um, when they were laying on bed, and she was on top of him, getting ready right before he leaves, and she's like, you know, take me with you, blah blah blah. And to me, I I felt that she was just the only reason she was with Wallace in the first place was because of the money. That's that was my right. my uh, way I saw it. But you got to think too, you know, it's it was more too that you know as if you watch his reflections and stuff like that, you know, he kept saying that every time you go with me, you know, so and so gets all weirded out, blah blah blah. Well, that kind of you know later on when you find out that him and her are sleeping together, that makes sense why he's like that. Oh yeah, that makes total sense. Right, because he's in love with her, she's in love with him, but she's also in love with Wallace, so you know. It makes for an uncomfortable situation all the way around. Right. But yeah, I just... You know... I, I got... I don't know. Again, it was just my interpretation. I thought that she wouldn't even bother with him. Um, because he was such a douchebag. But since he's making all this money now, instead of dumping him, she stayed with him. And she's got right. a, a little side something to, to ease the pain, as it were. Yep, exactly. And, you know, and I think that was kind of the whole point of, you know... I think that was kind of the the, the reason why the ending was the way it was because it's like you know they both show up, they throw him the fish, and they walk off together, and it's like you got what you're supposed to get, you you fucking dirty douchebag. Yeah, I, I think that's what that really was. I think that's the reason why he did the ending the way he did is just to prove that you know you were a douchebag. This is what you had. Karma. If you would have taken yeah. me, with, yeah. If you would have taken me with you, you probably wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah, really. Would have been a whole different you know, story. Right. So, you know, and I think that was kind of the whole point. You know, never chase something that is just because you know, just because there's money out there to be made, you don't need to be chasing it for a story when you've got a great thing at home. Right. That I am kind of curious though, and it was never mentioned in, in uh, Yoga Hosers, is uh, what happens to him. You know, does he just become what? What happens to you know the character? Does right. That I know you couldn't make a movie out of that, but it's just yeah a mention. Well, I mean, you got to think. You know, they put him in that aquarium type thing place, yeah. so I think. Yeah, so I figured he just eventually just died, <laughs> you know, or that's where he stuck, you know, or that's where he stayed, you know, just right there. So lived another forty years as a walrus. That oh my god, that would have been horrible. Oh no, yeah, but I mean, you know, if it's your mindset's already a walrus, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he must be smoking I mean, some no. good weed, man. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, but you never know what was in the fish either. True. <laughs> the fish could have been laced. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I mean, all in all, I enjoyed it. I went and saw it the opening night. Um, I was kind of disappointed because I, I guess I screwed up because they said that um, he, he tweeted, you know, whoever shows up on opening night, you know, take a picture of your, your uh, stub and we'll put a thank you in the credits. And right. I guess I sent it to the wrong person because I was looking for my, my email, you know, because that's all I did was he just put email addresses. And yeah. mine wasn't in there. I was like, damn it. But <laughs> but I enjoyed it. It was uh, – there wasn't a lot of people there, which is interesting because, you know, there's so many people up here in the high desert. I, I figured there would be at least, you know, at least 100 of them. But no, I, I don't I don't think there was maybe – Maybe fifteen twenty. Well, I mean, you got to think though; it's not your typical Kevin Smith movie either. So they were probably turned off at that, you know, just for that fact alone. True, very true. Yeah, because I mean, there, there really, I mean, there were some funny bits to it, but it was not, you know, like I was just reading. They said it was a kind of a wacky, you know, horror film. No, it wasn't wacky. It was, it was pretty serious. I mean, in the beginning, yes. Yeah. The characters were funny because they were doing a podcast and that was their their objective. But then, you know, after he takes off and he goes to Canada and then the the um, oh shoot, the Kill Bill kid cuts his leg off and he kills himself and then, you know, at that point everything the whole mood of the movie changes. Well, I mean, there is some wacky, you know, some like funny parts to it, you know, and stuff that's like Really, you put that in there, you know, it's supposed to be like a comedic effect, but it didn't come off that way. I mean, it's like Red State. Red State was a really good Kevin Smith movie. Yes. And that one, you know, I mean, it wasn't what I expected. I mean, because it had that, you know, let's go back to Waco type feel, you know, back in the 90s. and Yeah. It became a really good movie. So, I mean, it... And it's like if you can, you can go all the way back to like Jersey Girl, you know that wasn't your typical Kevin Smith movie either. And I, you I know, I really like that movie. <laughs> I did too. So I mean, neither was I mean, Cop Out kind of was, kind of wasn't, but you know, when you got the big bill like Bruce Willis, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, that and I mean, it felt like a Kevin Smith movie. I mean, we know that uh, it wasn't his script because he had talked about, you know, that was the first time he directed somebody else's script, but it, it right. felt like his movie. Right. Just, it really did. I mean, you know, but you know, it was just that kind of, you can tell he didn't write the script because there wasn't, you know, certain type of anecdotes and jokes that he normally throws in his movies. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, somewhere in a Kevin Smith script, you're going to hear a fart joke or some kind of sex joke or something somewhere along the way. Yes. You know, or something about, you know, this weed is shit, you know, something about weed. Somewhere along the way, you're, there, there's going to be something about weed, sex, or fart jokes. You yeah, know, and Kevin Smith. <laughs> that's Kevin Smith. I mean, but you got to think. When you're when you're looking at a good Kevin Smith movie, that's what you're expecting. The one of those, you know, and you don't expect a not having that in there. And that's when you can tell that Cop Out wasn't his script because it didn't have some type of joke like that in the script. What did you think about um, 
Zach and Mary make a porno. What do you think about that? I thought that was hilarious. I mean, that you can tell was a typical Kevin Smith movie. I mean, beginning, you're like, really? I mean, you know, the, the ending was the ending was a twist. You know, I wasn't expecting the ending. But the rest of the movie, I was like, okay, you've got Star Wars jokes, you've got, you know, ass jokes, you've got weed jokes, you've got, you know, sex jokes. Yeah, it's pretty much everything all the way around. Got black jokes, you know. It's your typical back to the old school Kevin Smith, like Clerks, Clerks 2, Mallrats, Dogma. Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back, you know, it's back to that traditional type movie, and then it's like, wait, why did he end it like that? <laughs> you know? Right. And for for that, I think that that was, I mean, because it was a commercial failure. Yeah. And um, he, he talked about it on his podcast. You know, he, he was really depressed because it made like $2 million opening or something like that. Or not even $2 million. I don't remember what it was. But personally, I think it was one of his better movies. I really do. Well, you got to think. Kevin Smith more has an underground following than mainstream. True. I mean, you know, most of his fans are underground fans. You know, if you don't know anything about the podcast, if you don't know anything about his older movie, you know, if you if you try to... Kevin Smith is one of those that, like, he... I guess what you would say is he's unpredictable mm-hmm. in the way he does his movies, but they always come out great at the end. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, there, there's... It's always got that Kevin Smith type feel. Now, you know, there are times where it's like, you know, it's like, eh, okay, he's dragging this out. This is getting boring. And then he snaps right back out of it, you know? Right. And and I think that's a great thing, the way he does his movies like that. Um, And and that kind of, that kind of works that, that way with Tusk as well. Because there was some points where it was getting really slow. Yep. And then it just kind of snapped and, you know, popped to something else and it picked back up. That's almost to be expected right. from a Kevin Smith script. Uh, like right. Like when they were driving around, you know, asking people if they'd seen Wallace. And you're like, okay, you know, this is kind of the, the conundrum to it. And then they're like, you know... The, the Nazi joke, you know, Nazi. Yeah. You know, they pop in, okay, ha, ha, you know, that kind of peaks, peaks up the mood. You know, it, it, the pacing, that, that's that's what I was trying to think of, is, is the pacing to Kevin Smith, it's, it's very him. It slows down, but it picks right. up, and it slows down, picks back up. Right, and then you get into the, you know, you get into the convenience store, and I'll, oh, you mean Mr. Mustache? Yeah. That popped it off. <laughs> I mean, you know. And then it flashes back to them talking to him and, you know, them making fun of him about the mustache with the combs and all that. And that was hilarious, you yeah. know. That I mean, felt that, like Kevin Smith. Yeah, that's your typical Kevin Smith, though. You know, it, you're all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're getting a serious mode. And then it's like, well, that's no joke, <laughs> you know. 
let's lighten this mood a little bit, make people laugh. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so, what would you say? Let's let's do uh, what you want to do a ten star or five star rating system. I mean, we we really haven't even talked about this, so. Yeah, I'd say we do a five star rating system. A five, a five. A five. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> out of uh, so what? Half a star being super crappy, five star being the best thing ever made. Where does Kevin Smith Tusk fall? I would probably say about a three and a half. Okay, yeah, I I would agree with that. About three and a half. It was very enjoyable. Um, it was enjoyable. It wasn't crap. It wasn't the best thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't crap. So, you know, it kind of falls in the middle. And visually, visually, uh, as cinematic portrayal, I guess I could say, it looked beautiful. It, it was just like some of the best shots that he he's ever taken. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, and you know the makeup and you know all that you know he you would you actually thought that Wallace was a walrus you know you you could feel that he was Mr. Tusk you know it didn't feel like you know plastics and latex foam rubber and all that yeah and latex and all that it didn't feel that way you know it, it he really made him look like a you walrus. know somebody did that to him yeah so yeah, yeah, it was it's it was enjoyable. Um, I I'm curious to see what you think about when when you review um, yoga hosers. I don't know if we're going to cover that next time, you know. But uh, if not, we we always have our go to uh, phantasm. Yep. Uh, which oh yeah. And then also, I want to put out there. Um, I'm opening up a email. Um, and it is grindhouse sleaze at jayzomon j a y z o m o n dot com, and let us know what you guys want to hear us talk about. Um, as long as it's in that that grindhouse eighties sleaze, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, you know, I'm open up from anything from the seventies through the nineties. Yeah. But it, it can't be. I don't. I don't see mainstream as you know, grindhouse and sleaze. You know, it's more of that B movie type stuff. You know, like oh, I don't know, Full Moon Entertainment. Yeah. You know, something like that. You know, something that wasn't made to be mainstream. You like Scream? That was made to be mainstream. Right. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street was not. What was it? We I just went on the binge and I just watched like almost all of them. Shoot, what was it? Um, the camp one. I can't think of it. Uh, sleepaway camp. Sleepaway camp. Yes, yes. Something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I went on. What was it? It's been a few months now, but I literally just went on Amazon and spent like a stupid amount of money and watched them back after back after back. There's quite a few of them, and they didn't yeah. get and no better. No, and, but you didn't realize you've never heard of it until I told you something about it. So, well, I knew the first one. I didn't know there was a second one. Well, there's like three or four of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's I'd quite a few. I had heard about it, but I never actually sat and watched it until you were talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And then I I went ahead and watched it, and I was like, oh, dude, you know. 
<laughs> Didn't see that, Andy. That yeah, I mean that was what that was one of those good ones, though. I mean, you know, that, that's you know, but I like movies like that. You know, mainstream horror movies they're great, but at the same time, I like that trashy crap. Yeah, it just it's fun. <laughs> it is. I mean, you can go back to I mean, like. All right, and a lot of people have done this on you know certain websites stuff like that. They compare like the uh, the movie The Burning. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Sounds um, familiar, but I'm, I'm pulling a blank. Okay, well, they a lot of people compare it to uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. And it kind of is, and it's kind of not. It's kind of like a cross between Friday the Thirteenth and like Sleepaway Camp. Okay. It's really, it's a really interesting movie. It's got, um, oh, Jason Alexander in it. Really? Okay. From, from so, Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of his first movies. Huh. And it's got a couple other bigger actors, you know, it came out like 81, 82, something like that, you know. And it's interesting, to say the least. You know, it's not what you ex. It, it's kind of like what you don't expect. You don't really expect it. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's. I watched it because I, I saw it on a suggest on a on a Facebook po- po- yeah Facebook page, and that's so why I went and watched it. I was like, huh, that's actually pretty good. And it's called the burning. The burning. Okay, I'll have and to it, find it. it. it yeah, it, it's. Um, you can actually watch it on YouTube. Oh, really? Yes. Even better for free. For free. Yeah. We're all yeah. about free here. And, oh, yeah. You know, and then, you know, of course, you've got your classic zombie movies that you can, you know, <laughs> who can ever go wrong with a zombie movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But I think that's a, I think that's a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say we we uh, we could talk another hour on zombies easy. I yeah. Think, I think the other day, just, you know, chit chatting. I think we talked like an hour and a half just on George A. Romero and, and movies and then. Yep. Yeah, yep. we and do that. Just zombies in general. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, before we close up shop, I want to thank everybody for coming in to the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network. We have been gone for a while, but now we're back, and we are slowly putting things together. Um, and kind of stick around. Uh, I, I think I haven't decided completely yet because I have to rebuild the website. So I'm thinking about taking this podcast and uploading it to YouTube so people can listen to it now while I'm building, you know, the website. Yeah, we'll see. Um, So just kind of keep your ears out there. Um, Anything you want to plug or anything special? No, not a bit. Nope. I mean, we'll we'll see y'all next. Well, I guess we'll talk to y'all next time. I mean, you know, right now it's just, you know, shoot us an email. We'll watch it. You'll get our opinion. And we won't bullshit you. It will, if we don't like it, we will definitely let you know we don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, we don't, we're not going to bullshit. I mean, it's going to be our true opinion. I mean, you know, we're going to te- we're gonna tear it apart. That's what we do. And which could possibly be a longer episode because we're really, when it comes to something we don't like, <laughs> we're really methodical at, the dissection of the, you know, 
He'd be like, "Yes, did you notice that they used fluorescent lights instead of casting lights? How dare them? You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> right, or the simple fact that you can see a wire when you're not supposed to see a wire. Yeah. You know, something stupid. Yeah, we would definitely tear it apart. All right, kids, that's it for this week for the Groundhouse Sleaze. Groundhouse, that was completely... <laughs> that was wrong. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Oopsie. Sorry, kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, make me feel stupid. <laughs> anyway, for this week for the Grindhouse Lease Podcast, I'm David K. Montoya. I'm Alan Russo. And we'll see you next week, kids. Bye.